Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for joining me. This podcast is simply a conversation designed to help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. My name's Osher. I'm a TV guy. I'm a book author. I'm a bicycle riding guy. I'm, um, what else do I do at the moment? Um, I built a, a one wicking garden bed for the front yard this morning. I'm now officially a concreter and a landscaper. I'm not, but I poured some concrete and hammered some sleepers in. So um, anyway, that's going on the LinkedIn. Um, but anyway, so that's that's what I'm doing. And um, I do the show twice a week, have done since 2013. There are 338, seven other episodes. If you're interested in listening, there's a, a, a heap of episodes. I'm here every Monday and Friday. Monday, I talk to a guest. Friday, I talk to you. And um, yeah, that's it. That's what I'm here to do. If you need to get in touch with me, oh, I've got to say thanks to everybody that tagged me on Instagram and let me know where they're listening to the show. I love to see what you're doing when you're listening to the show. So just take a photo, tag me on Instagram or send me an email, send us your email at gmail.com. I love to see where you're listening. Um, thanks very much to everyone that got in touch and reached out about the Susan David episode. It was epic. Courtney listened. I'm in tears because I feel this episode was meant for me. Listening to you and Susan talk about the normality of life and how courage is walking fear will stay with me forever. Yeah, Susan's really something special, isn't she? She's really, really something else. Really, really grateful for her. She's a cracker. I did get one email that I'd want to talk about because it's a question that people do ask me a bit and I've done it myself. I've spoken about it on other episodes, but I think now's a really good time to talk about it. Someone asked about uh, finding the right psychologist. Now, this is your first episode. Like I talk a lot about mental health on this show, um, mainly because that's a journey that I've been on, a journey that I continue to be on and a journey that I walk every day. And it's something that I uh, advocate 
quite heavily for because mental health is no different from physical health. You don't accidentally get a six pack. You don't accidentally get really physically fit. And similarly, you don't accidentally get really mentally fit. You don't accidentally get resilient. You've got to work at both constantly. It's just a part of your day. And if you take it, you know, regularly, not seriously, if you take it regularly, you'll be in a hell of a better place than you would be if you relied on uh, depressants um, and stimulants or distractions to get you away from those uncomfortable feelings. So yeah, I do talk about the bit, that a bit. And one of those, one of those things that is important in that journey is uh, finding, finding a psychologist. As I like to say, every player needs a coach. Even Tiger Woods has a coach. You know, his own personal life choices aside, <laughs> Tiger Woods has a coach. You watched The Last Dance. Michael Jordan had a coach. Everyone has a coach. All these great athletes, they have a coach. And it's really important because other people might be able to see a bug in your swing or a skip in your step that you're not you're not seeing, and they might be able to point them out and kind of help you on a on a bit of a right path. But someone did email asking about how to go about finding the right therapist, and I would say to you, firstly, understand what it is that you need. At the moment, I run a two-handed situation. I have a psychiatrist and a psychologist. A psychologist doesn't prescribe medication. Uh, a psychiatrist does. And a psychiatrist, for me, the way I would describe it is the, if I was a rally driver, right, the psychiatrist is the mechanic. They make sure that the engine is running really, really well and that when I turn the car right, the car will turn right. When I turn the car left, the car will turn left. And very importantly, when I hit the brakes, the car will stop. The psychologist is the one that's the navigator. The psychologist is the one that's telling me to, to turn left, turn right, go over this hill. Okay, down here, it's going to be scary, but on the other side, it's going to be okay. All right, they do different jobs. So firstly, figure out what's going on. Understand that while it is normal in life to feel high, to feel low, to feel happy, to feel sad, if you're stuck in either space, the more uh, obvious one will be sadness or anxiety or depression or not being able to feel you know, hear the birds tweeting and not be able to get a skip in your step because of that, not be able to hear the giggle of a baby and make that make you go, Aww. you know, just to walk down the street and have everything just bum you out. Uh, I'm not an expert, but having been there, I know that when I'm like that, it means for me personally, that there are the switches in my brain just stuck on doom, stuck on sadness. And all they do is see the doom and sadness and everything. And my brain isn't able to see the happiness or the light in a situation. And that can be very tough to be inside of. You don't, I often don't realize that I'm in it. And currently I'm on medication again because I needed that medication to loosen those switches. The, is this a good thing? Or is this a bad thing? You know, my brain was stuck on perceiving everything as a bad thing. My brain was unable to see things as a good thing again. So now that I'm back on those meds, those switches have been lubed up been loosened open. And now that I'm on those meds from the psychiatrist, me and the psychologist, we work very hard on rewriting the way that my brain works and the, my, the way my brain perceives the world. And so that just gives you a bit of a kind of high brow view of like how things work. And part of the work with the psychologist means you got to go back and find out what the fuck happened when you were little. You just got to do it. What happened in that last relationship that ended? You got to do it. What happened to that time when you might have done something really awful that you've never told anybody else about, but it's just eating you up inside? Yeah, it helps you work through that. You got to you got to sort all that stuff out, and you got to you got to dig in the dirt, man. You can't expect a wound to heal if you don't scrub it clean. So that's where the psychology stuff comes in, and the right psychologist can be very very powerful. Now, similarly to personal trainers, 
psychologists have very different modalities, all right? So one personal trainer might be like an ex-crossfit person. They have a very diff- they have a very specific way of understanding how the body works and what the body needs in order to get those goals that you are low body fat, lean muscle mass, agility, flexibility. Whereas someone like a yoga instructor, you know, fitness is the goal, but flexibility is definitely their key and they go about it in a very different way. Or a swimming coach might have a very different way or a, or a running coach might have a very different way or a, or a jiu-jitsu coach, uh, Sifu, might have a very different way. You'll all be fit at the end of it, but you'll be different kinds of fit. And depending on what your goals are or what your specific needs are, you'll need a different kind of coach, all right? Similarly, psychologists have very different modalities of therapy. In my experience, I've done mostly uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I've done something called Hakomi therapy. And these are the three ones that I've really kind of dug in, in on. And the other one I've done is acceptance and commitment therapy. Now, each of those things have different, they work for different people in different ways. It really depends on what you're after and what you need and what works for you. And that's the most important thing when it does come to choosing a psychologist. I understand that in in Australia at the moment, if you're listening overseas, in Australia, we have an extraordinary thing. We have a mental health plan in Australia where you can go and see your GP and you can get 10 visits with a psychologist and you can achieve a lot in 10 visits. I promise you. Shit, you can achieve a lot in five, which gets me to my next point. It's really important to find someone that you click with. Now, they might be the best psychologist in the world, but if they look and sound like your ex's mother, you won't be able to understand or hear a thing they say because he or she or ex's father, for example, because they, when they speak, it'll just kind of trigger these things inside you and you might shut yourself off to what they have to tell you. It's no fault of theirs. It's got to do with your history and that's fine. You can probably find someone else. And they prom- I promise you, I have changed psychologists a few times for good reason. They really don't mind. In fact, they're like, okay, if that's what you need for your treatment, you go right ahead. Because I understand as a medical professional, as a psychological professional, I understand that different people need different things. And the way I talk about it is it's, it's like dating, all right? If you can, I would start by reaching out with an email to your psychologist and then maybe organizing a phone call. You can tell a lot in the phone call if they're going to be right for you. And definitely talk about your goals, all right, what you want. Say, look, okay, right now, for example, I'm walking down the street and I can't seem to see the joy in life. I'm losing touch with my family or I'm losing my my will to work or maybe not be working at the moment. Uh, I'm really worried about everything. I, I, I would just like to remember what it's like to laugh again, all right? One psychologist will have a, you know, and, and this is what I'd like to do, okay? And that's, that's you, you, what is it, Seneca, I think? Or was it Epictetus that said, if a sailor doesn't know which port he's sailing to, no wind is favorable. If you don't know where you're going, then you can't start on your journey, right? What is it that you want out of this? And it might just be, I don't want to feel so sad all the time. That's fair enough, all right? So you can talk to your psychologist about that. And so first, I would I recommend starting with an email and then maybe having a phone call. If they can, just say, look, I'd just love to spend 10 minutes on the phone with you if that's all right. Can we just kind of can I, can I hear your voice and tell you what I'm after? Ask how you generally go about it. What kind of therapy do you do? What kind of work do you do? And what's your specialty? What what cases do you work with and where you've had some, had some success? I, at one point in my life, I spent about two years with someone who specialized in trauma recovery and she was extraordinarily good. She was a Hakomi therapist. She was extraordinarily good. But 
let, I remember she and I had a phone conversation. I let her know this is what was happening and these are the, the outcomes that I would like to achieve over the time that we're together. And along that way, and, and there are tests you can do. They're like kind of out of 10, do you feel there's a sheet that you can fill out and various psychologists will, there's very just different versions, but you might get there on the first day and they might do a ticket box. Like, do you wake up, do you have feelings of, you know, I cry all the time, yeah, all the time, not very much, never don't know what cry is. I can't cry, you know, and you tick all these boxes and find out what you're doing. And I would work with my psychologist and I would do that like once a month. I was seeing him fortnightly at that point. And though inside I felt nothing was changing over time, as I did three or four of these sheets over about six or uh, six weeks or eight weeks, when I looked back at these sheets, I could see my scores improving. All right. And it showed me and him, oh, the work we're doing together is working. This is good. And it made me far more motivated. And, you know, that's essentially like if you're working with a personal trainer, it's you jumping on the scales or you looking in the mirror and going, oh, my jeans fit better. All right. It's important that you have some accountability in that because if, if you've only got a limited number of sessions with the psychologist, you want to be sure they count. But similar to a personal trainer, they can yell at you and they can tell you to do the push-ups. But if you don't do the push-ups, you're not going to do it. If you go home and then eat shit food and out-eat the workout you've just done, nothing's going to change. You've got to do the work, all right? So you absolutely have to do the work. Commit to it. Commit to understanding that you deserve feeling better and that work is worth it. It's going to suck. That's right. Lifting weights in the gym is hard, but if you do it enough and you do it right, your muscles will adapt, your body will adapt, and you will get stronger. You'll get more flexible. Your body composition will change. You'll drop body fat, you'll gain muscle mass. That is how your body works similarly with your brain. But you've got to do the work, all right? Same with a personal trainer. You can't just go and have someone talk to you through a workout. It's your body. You've got to do the work. They can't do the workout for you. Same with a psychologist. You're the one that's going to have to do the work. You're going to have to do the real-time rationalizing. You're the one that's going to have to do the real-time, you know, correcting those negative thoughts, correcting the automatic thought, doing the writing in the morning, whatever it is they tell you to do, just do it, all right? If it's not working out, all right, if you're, you know, if you've mentioned your goals and your outcomes to them and they say, well, look, you know what? Osha, the, the problem's all you. You can't say, no, fuck you. It's clearly not. It's all my partner's fault. I'm going to find another shrink. Have some humility. Have some, understand, get your ego out of the way and go, mm, what if it is me? All right? And understand that that might definitely be a part of it and be prepared to be confronted. Be prepared to be confronted by it and understand that your ego might play a role in this. And understand that. All right, you know, just be aware of that. So you've got to do the work. All right, and, and understand that a large part of this stuff is how you perceive the world. We cannot change the world. We can only change how we think about the world and understand that changing how we think about things is our key to freedom. That's really what it is. And that's where a lot of the work is. If you've talked about those goals with your psychologist and it's not working and you've done those ticker box tests and you, you are finding that you're not feeling any better, you may need some medication to loosen those switches up. If things still aren't working, you're not married to this person, you know, breaking a lease. You're not going to have to get, make sure you get your bond back. You know, you can let them know. It's like, I'm not really achieving the goals I want. Is there someone else you might be able to recommend that I might, you think I might be able to get some more results with? And that's fine. And I've done that. I've absolutely done that. In fact, I went to a psychologist once and I was so excited to go see her because she was the best it was in that area. And she just said to me, you know what, what you need is not what I can give you. I'm going to recommend you to somebody else. And I was so grateful that she did because... 
she saw straight away that this is a boundary problem right here. I can't just take this guy's money. I'm going to have to send him to someone who can help because we uncovered something in the second session where she was like, whoa, this is not my specialty. You need this person. And that was really, really good. But just understand that, you know, it's your outcomes as well. Part of what might get you there may have something to do with not wanting to, in my experience, in my personal experience, it had something with not wanting to let somebody else down or not wanting to disappoint someone or not wanting to let another person or be afraid of confronting people, confronting someone and not wanting someone else to feel sad. So I would persist with a therapist that I, I just didn't click with. I got over that. And I would recommend that if you do the work, if you're doing the work, if you're doing everything they say, if you're working hard and it's still not working, explore a bit. But yeah, look for someone, try and find someone that's got experience in what it is that you need. Like, don't go to a marriage counselor if you've got an eating disorder, all right? <laughs> They're two very different jobs, all right? It's like going to a CrossFit guy when you want to learn jiu-jitsu, right? No, they're two different kinds of trainers. You want to go to the person that's going to help you, but you've got to put in the work. And that's a really important thing. And just understand fundamentally that in my experience only, understand this is what I found. The best ideas I had got me divorced, got me unemployed, left me paying rent out of my savings, living in a foreign country. That's the smartest I could be. The very cleverest, like best ideas I could come up with. So I really needed to listen to somebody else who had a better and a wider angle view of my life from what I told them about it and go, maybe you might want to consider this. And as soon as I started listening to other people, life started to get better. And I would ask you to consider that when it comes to picking someone, that they will have your best interests in heart. Trust they have your best interests in heart and trust that you are worth feeling better and that life is too short to wake up every day feeling shit. There's plenty of resources out there in this time of the um, COVID-19 pandemic in Australia. At this point, as I'm recording this, telehealth is still a thing. So you may have some success getting access to therapists not in your area due to the telehealth uh, restrictions being lifted on, on where you live. Because in Australia, there were some restrictions. You had to be in a, a rem more remote area to access those things. And, and try and find someone that works. And once you find that person that you click with, hammer down, man. Put the foot to the floor. Get to work. Do the work. All right? It's the 10-week challenge. It's the F45 10-week challenge, but in your brain. Okay? You can do it. You really can. And the before and after photo will be awesome. But you've got to do the work. And they've got to create a new routine and a new way of thinking and a new kind of level of maintenance to keep that up as you go through your day. And that's, um, I guess that's what I'd say about that. I hope that answered the question. And um, I hope that makes you feel a bit better about changing psychologists if you need to. And I hope it kind of makes you think about, ask yourself really seriously, am I doing the work? Am I just showing up and then having a chat about what happened in my week and then going home? Or am I going all right, this happened again with my partner. It's something I keep doing. What the fuck? Where's this coming from? And then working hard through the week when that shit goes down, understanding, oh, I just caught myself again. Hang on, let me just rewind that. Let me redo that again and rewriting those neuronal pathways and redoing these things slowly, slowly, slowly. In the words of my old manager, John Farrader, only you know how hard you've worked to make your dreams come true. Only you know how hard you've worked to get well. All right, and if you're not, putting the effort in, you know, you know, if you're not putting the effort in, same, same. If you're going to the gym, if you put, signed yourself up to a 10 week challenge and, and you're getting drive through burgers on the way home, you know, you know that you're not putting the work in. 
No one else has to know that you're eating burgers in the car, but you know. And then, you know, when you take a good look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, well, that's the results I get. Same, same. You got to understand that. But it's going to be all right and you're worth it. All right. You're absolutely worth it. I've got a jet. Monday's show is a heavy one. I'm going to tell you right now. I've been trying to space them out a bit, but it's a heavy conversation with an extraordinary author and critic by the name of uh, James Bradley. It's a heavy climate chat. I'm not going to lie. After I recorded this podcast, I, I came home and I, I fell into my wife's arms and I wept. But it is a very, very important conversation to have, particularly at this point in time when we are looking at how we might be able to rebuild our economy. This is the chance. Now is the time. This is where we have to agitate for change. You can already see the plan to rebuild the economy is starting to get based around fossil fuels. You and me and everybody, we've got to, we've got to put our foot down because that's not going to get us where we need to be because we need to be somewhere very fucking quickly. So have a great weekend. You can, we can both be brave on Monday when we get to that show and um, it's going to be all right. Thanks to Andy for cutting this. Thanks for Rachel for producing this show. Uh, thanks to Haley for all the social stuff. Thanks to Mike Mills, Toe Hider for all the music. And thanks to you for listening. Without you, I've got no show. Might be uh, coming up on four and a half million downloads, but still, that's four and a half million times people have listened to this show. And um, I can't be more grateful. That's us. Have a great weekend. Look after yourself. Until I talk to you Monday, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. 